whatever we do whatever communication pieces or segments whatever we think of like like what is it that we in our heart what is it that connects people and then everything else is easy because it's just tools like the website is just a tool email is just a tool right but very important tools but we need to use them for um, to get our message across Welcome to the Drive Podcast. In this podcast, we learn how to grow mission-driven organizations. I am your host, Farhad Khan, CEO of Drive. We are a digital agency, and we help professional associations grow their membership with digital marketing and by building highly engaging membership portals. If you want to grow the membership of your professional association, please take a look at the workshops on our website at gripe.ca slash workshops. That is G-R-Y-P-E dot C-A slash workshops. In this episode, we speak to Kirsten Hewer. Kirsten is the founder of Nonprofit Today. They are a marketing agency and they help nonprofit organizations with their marketing and communication strategies. Today, we will speak to Kirsten to understand how can we target our messages and communication towards a diverse audience and what are some of the tricks that we can use to personalize and target with each one of our core audiences. Kirsten, thank you so much for joining us today. Can you start by telling us a bit about yourself and what you do? For sure. Thank you very much for having me today. I'm super excited to be on your podcast. Um, as you said, I'm Kirsten and we work with nonprofit organizations and help them to build sustainable brands so that they can reach more of the right people and can create more impact with their cause. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to be here today. Awesome. Uh, Kirsten, I'll jump right into it. I guess um, we work with a lot of professional associations and one challenge that we often see associations come across is that uh, they have a diverse audience. They have their members, they have their prospective members, they have their board and uh, many other stakeholders. So uh, if we were to uh, start by uh, segmenting their audience for for marketing and communications, uh, where should we start? Great question. I would like to challenge you because segmenting sounds a little bit like slicing a cake. <laughs> so um, let's let's bring it back to the people. So it's all about the people we want to reach. And um, then, of course, we have to segment them or how I like to say, like we um, I, guess I like to, word, to use the word buckets. So we have different people with different um, hopes, dreams. Um, problems and uh, that is that is basically what we need to address when we talk to our audience and um, I think there are different ways of how you can segment them but what uh, I like to do is like we go of course we we create like different profiles on um, what those people in those segments are uh, based on of course the demographic the sociodemographic and then also what is most importantly like what is it really that um, that drives them. What are their problems, their issues? And then um, that we have maybe a bucket one, a bucket two, a bucket three, or audience A, one, two, three. And then according to that, we can um, tailor our messaging. Alrighty. So let's uh, <laughs> dig more into your bucket. Buckets. Yes. <laughs> uh, so if we, if we look at bucket one, right? So bucket yeah. one, uh, how would you put like different audiences within bucket one? So for example, uh, we have the board of directors of a nonprofit, right? And then we have like members and prospective members. Would you put like two types of audiences like from these groups into bucket one if the communication is similar? 
or or how would you approach it so um the more tailored and um specific we can be the better so and it always depends on what we want to communicate so with the, with those buckets on top of those buckets we have an umbrella <laughs> So and the umbrella is the overall message. So oftentimes, like we use the vision and the vision, we um, like we we word in a way so that all of those people can identify with it. So, for example, one organization that we work with, they um, are all they want to uh, improve community safety and well-being. So that would be the overall message. And then, of course, it would be for bucket one, which might be like the in, internal, there might be like the board, uh, the board, the volunteers. And then, of course, we have external. Um, it might be donors that want to support or it might be uh, people for if it's a membership that want to join. So they all have. Um, and then, of course, there's the, the end, uh, like um, uh, the, the end customer or like the, the person that they want to reach in the end that uh, creates that impact, too. Um, so all of these have different connection to this one big umbrella message and to ask to answer your question like how many can fit in a bucket um, that depends on um, what you want to get across in like because like um, a if you look at for example seniors or youth with the uh, safety and well-being so for all of them, safety is important, but for a youth, there are different problems than for a senior. So and I think it depends on what is it that you want to get across. And um, from there, you can put maybe several people in one bucket, if that makes sense, as long as it applies to them in the same way. So it's not really, um, can we put all of them in the same bucket? It's more like, I would uh, go after the message that you want to get across and then think, okay, does this apply to a board member the same way as it does to a volunteer? Right, right. Okay, yes. that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. So I guess like what you're saying is that like um, we shouldn't just um, customize the messages based on a segment or but instead like look at the overall goal of the, of the message. What are we mm -hmm. trying to do with the message and then see who this message applies to and then communicate that message across like maybe multiple segments or multiple buckets so we can reach all the audience. Yes, right? exactly. For example, if you um, because you want from your board members, you want something different than you want mm. from your volunteers. So if you want to engage your board members and become ambassador of, of your um, of your organization, then you need to address the message in a different way than you have to do it for volunteers because the volunteers are doing different things. Right, right. So in that case, I guess if we were to send out the same email, uh, I'm just giving an example of, of yeah. an email, mm -hmm. then uh, I guess like the email that the volunteer will get should look slightly different than the email that the board member will get, even though the message and goal is very similar. Yes, exactly. So um, because the, the volunteer is not really might not be interested in the things that I have to share with the board um, and vice versa. Like, of course, the board should be interested um, in what we want to communicate with the volunteers, but maybe uh, the other way around, it's not really applicable. Right, right. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. So I will take a step back and uh, yeah. I want to talk about the um, organization's website to start with, right? So uh, we'll talk about emails later as well, I guess, but let's mm -hmm. um, start with the website. Now, uh, say if an organization has an audience um, 
divide of say like 60% of their audience is uh, in one group, right? Say like prospective members or uh, current members and then 20% uh, in another bucket and, and then another 10, another 10. So say 60, 20, 10, 10. If okay. that is the mix of an audience, right? So then how would you plan the organization's website to cater to this diverse audience when you have to speak to four very different audience and um, where like you know that a majority of your audience is in that like 60% group, right? But the 10%, which is a very small number, uh, they are small in number, but they may be very important. They may be funders, they may be donors, right? So then how would you cater to these people uh, on your website? Yeah, very interesting question and one that we come across all the time. <laughs> all right. So of course, from a marketing perspective, I would say, you know what, focus on one audience and that's it. Because if you want to reach all of them, um, your message is very broad and it doesn't connect because what we want to do is we want to connect with the heart and with the head. Mm. Um, so, but of course, in reality, we have those different audiences and uh, I would first of all think, okay, what is the, um, apart from all those audiences, like what is the main purpose of the website? Do I want to um, increase memberships? Is it more for information? Do I want donation? Is it more for for funders? Like, what is the main purpose? And from there, you can say, um, okay, if we want to increase memberships, then the focus in general should be those of uh, increasing um, or engaging with more possible members. Um, so let's say then the possible members are maybe the sixty percent of the bucket or the segment. <laughs> So then I would um, tailor, I have an overall message and then I would tailor, um, you could say, okay, that 60% of the website is for um, for those members and 20 for these, 20 for that. But how actually, what do you say so that people actually look at it? Because we know that we have the attention spam that is less than that of a goldfish, right? <laughs> Uh, so less than three seconds. So how can you get like within less than three seconds, all those different audiences engaged on your website? It's, I think it's almost impossible, but what you can do is you can have those overarching message that connects with the heart. And then I would have, um, you could say, if you are like, uh, do you want to do this? So connect through the message at, um, and then connect. Um, then if you want to do this, click here. Um, if you are a funder, click here. It could be really simple like this. If you are a funder and want to see what impact our, our organization has, click here. If you are um, a, um, a member or if you want to, to increase like whatever they want to do, click here. So you can really speak to them if you can't, if you can't um, select just one audience in advance. I would just speak to them directly and say, are you this, are you this, are you that? So that they have to identify with one of those things. And then from there, I would go deeper and say, okay, right now I'm just talking about the homepage. Um, and then from there, you can go deeper and say, okay, this, when they click here, they go there so that they land where they are at because the last thing we wanna do is to confuse them. <laughs> Right, right. Makes yeah. sense. Um, actually, that reminds me of something else as well. I guess uh, different stakeholders or different audiences will have like different levels of patience on the website, right? Mm -hmm. So like when you say that, like a lot of us actually have the attention span of a goldfish. Uh, if I if I think of a professional association, a prospective member who's coming to the website for the first time will probably be that will probably be that they will have the attention span of a, of a, of a goldfish. Mm -hmm. So um, uh, should we also um, design the website and uh, 
cater the messaging so that people who are likely to have less attention span, we give them more real estate, like we give them b bigger visuals on the website or give them more space, more messaging, more eye-catching messaging. And then the people who may actually have more patience, like a board member or a prospective board member who is actually researching, you know, like they're looking to uh, contribute and uh, let them self-identify like uh, that, that I'm, a, I'm a donor or I'm like a board member, potential board member. What are your thoughts on that? Um, many thoughts. <laughs> so I would. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it always it also like it's, it's um, the different kind of people, but also where like if we think of a funnel where people have first they are aware and they want to find out like basic information like who you are and then um if if it's a possible board member of course they are further down in the funnel and they want more information um hmm. so i think it, it like of course like it needs to needs uh, it all depends on where they are at in the, where they are at in their customer journey um, and we need to grab them where they are at. So how exactly um, you do that? And Farhad, I totally forgot your question now. <laughs> so, <but laughs> um, so, so I think like the the, the basic the, we have to we have to always consider. Okay, they they are coming people. They usually they don't have a lot of a lot of attention span. So and we need to have something for all of them. And if somebody is really interested, like a possible donor, then um, they would click to um, they would click on the on the donor thing, uh, on the um, sorry board member thing if they are interested in more. So we always have to to make it less uh, or like easily visible. And your question is like, have we make it have how can we make it more appealing? I think it's always um, the idea. Of course, like too much text is never good because nobody reads it, to be honest. Um, and uh, so we need to have like the perfect combination of word and text, uh, of word and picture. And it always comes, starts for me, it starts with the idea. So you can have an idea that is basically um, driven by by a picture or by graphic, or you have an idea that is basically driven just by typo. Like this is possible too. So both both works. Right, right. So yeah. I guess um, what you're saying is that we should have like clear structural and visual elements, maybe blocks or boxes, uh, with which a, a potential donor or someone who's further down in the funnel they can self-identify and then take it from there. So there has to be visual elements on the website or maybe part of the navigation where they can self-identify as quickly as possible. Yeah, for sure. And when you, um, like in website terms, you talk above above the fold and below the fold, yeah. like people that are more interested, they scroll down. So, and if they scroll down, like we can always have more information there or we guide them on the top and say, click here, click that, and they, they can see in the navigation where they wanna go. Right, right. So um, I am thinking of a potential strategy here, you know, for some okay. potential projects as well. Yes. So I yeah. guess like what you what you just said that uh, uh, if like the above the fold section of the website is the most important, then maybe uh, the biggest audience that we have, say the 60 percent, you know, like we can uh, give the above the fold section um, dedicated to that like biggest audience. And then mm -hmm. we know that the smaller audience who will probably who are very important, uh, but and who will probably have slightly more attention span. Um, we can let them scroll down a little more and like have boxes or visual elements to help them self-identify. Perfect. I think that would work really well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, that's great. Yeah. That's great. Already. So, um, uh, the... <laughs> go ahead. And then also, like, what uh, in the past, what we have done, you know, like, um, like the web, like the homepage is usually the most important part. Um, so, and you probably do that as well, like when you install afterwards, if you install like um, tracking tools so that you can see what actually um, works, like go people really further down or um, do they just look above the fold and go in the navigation? So I think this always uh, is like a needed, pra um, uh, yeah, a needed practice that we have to do. <laughs> Right, right. So you're saying we have to have tracking tools to find out who are who are our goldfish in our audience. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and then catch them. <laughs> and catch them, right, yeah. right. <laughs> and cool. then and then we can talk about also we can talk about lead magnets. Like, what is your audience interested in? If you talk about like a possible board member or a possible donor or volunteer member, whatever it is, um, like how can you get um, their information, right? Because people usually um, spend all their, their money and time and capacity on social media without thinking about how can I connect my social media with my website and how can I get actually the information from them so that they so that I'm independent from any Facebook, Instagram algorithm and can just email them. Right, right. So that's a fight I have with all the marketing teams that be careful, like how much time and like how you spend your time on social media without understanding like what the end goals are. So exactly. yeah, okay, yeah, that's cool. yeah. we'll talk about that, I guess. Yes, yeah. let's talk about this later. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Okay, so I have one more question for you about yeah. the website. So for the website navigation or the information architecture, right? So how would you uh, target the different buckets like uh, for the navigation? Well, as simple as possible. I've seen um, I've seen pages where there is like almost no navigation, just three clicks on the on the on the navigation, and then everything else was hidden in the pages. And then at the bottom of the page, there is like a bigger navigation. So I think this was a trend for a specific time. Um, but I I don't know. Like you want to make it easy, but then also you want to have like your the user in mind so i would still say um like not more than three clicks in total i would still make it um from the perspective of the user because oftentimes we say our team um but maybe they want to um maybe it should be uh i don't know your team you know it, it should be like from the perspective of the user can we find a better wording um mm. and then but also like we have to consider, we can get really crazy with that, but clear is always better than cute, <laughs> right? Oh, like, totally. Yeah. So I would say like basic, like not more than three clicks. I would just in the navigation, I would, um, I don't know, like maybe three, four, five. I think most have five um, main navigation. And then of course, like I wouldn't go, like one sub page would be good. If you go too deep in, of course, it depends if you have a very um, information heavy site, you need to do it, but it's very confusing from the user perspective. Right, right. Yes. Uh, so what you were talking about was the upside down home like website trend. Right. And the 
and the upside down was in vogue for quite some time we yeah. we did upside down as well and then people started complaining so yeah. we went back to traditional yeah you know what don't you hate it you go on a website and you want to find something and you can't because they thought we want we want every visitor of our website to do just like this and i said i don't want to do just this i want to find something else and you can right so. right <laughs> yeah, so we kind of like came up with a middle ground of being an upside down or how much of upside down you want, right? So, yeah. <laughs> and and what we did is that like we for one of our clients we removed the navigation from the top altogether, but we gave them like a little like hamburger menu at the top. So mm -hmm. and we called it menu. There's a little word saying menu, right? So if anyone is looking for that, they can click on the hamburger menu that is called menu, and then a sidebar opens and you can drill down if you need. But the yeah. website is still upside down. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Alrighty, I think that's great. That's great, uh, Kirsten. Now, uh, in terms of the information architecture itself, like how how would you how would you like uh, group pages or like plan the IA, like a like a big picture maybe? Um, can you sp can you be a bit more specific, like what you, in terms of like you want to, how to integrate the bigger picture? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So if if you were if you were designing the information architecture for the website, mm -hmm, so the navigation mm -hmm, plus mm -hmm. information architecture overall, like which page belongs where, right? Mm -hmm. How would you structure that information architecture, like uh, you know, like on a on, on a broad perspective? So would it be um, more job to be done basis? So do you plan the pages as a job to be done, or do you plan the pages pages based on which bucket this page speaks to, or how would you group them? Oh, okay. So I would, um, now I'm thinking because I usually I, I plan, we only plan like the, the home page with the buckets and then the navigation uh, goes the traditional way. Um, so in general, I always think of like, what is, what does our audience need? So I always challenge our, our clients to change perspective and to create it from there. Um, and so I think like the, the, the architecture is still kind of traditional in terms of like we have, we have, an, we have something about and then we have um, the vision in there and then we have the mission and all of this. Um, yeah, so I would, I would still say it's, it's more traditional and not in terms of Bucket. So the, the, the buckets and the messaging is more within mm. um, and not in the necessarily in the structure. Does that right, answer right. your question? A bit? Yeah, yeah. But I, <laughs> but I think you touched on something very important. You just mentioned that uh, well, we still need to like change our perspective to like uh, look at the website from the point of view of a visitor. Right. So what mm -hmm. is the visitor trying to do? Right. Mm -hmm. So I guess like what we probably can do is like uh, if we come to the website as a visitor, um, like what customer journey am I looking for, right? So as a, as a prospective member, what journey am I looking for? As a board member, what am I looking for, right? And then kind of like give them the journey that uh, is better fit for them, I guess, right? And then the pages mm -hmm. inside are, are only the pieces of their journey. <clears throat> exactly. Right. Um, so okay. if, you, if you like look at it at a very broad perspective, like what we wanna do is connect. So what is the best way to connect? So it always starts with, our own identity, of course, as a um, as an organization, uh, and then also as a person. But we talk to people, so um, we need to align with what they want. And that starts when you when you come from the vision perspective. It also starts with the same values. Um, it also starts with 
um, what we want to, what the impact that we want to have in the world. And that is why people in the end want to do something with you, no matter if, if it's a donor or like a board member or like a member that you want to reach, like we all need the common goal. And the common goal is um, identified by, <clears throat> by our, by the impact that we want to have and by who we are as people. And um, if um, I don't like what, um, what, what someone else says, or if I don't like um, the, maybe I don't like the values that they have. So if I am a vegetarian or a vegan, um, I would, um, less, like the other day, I got an email from, from someone though that was now not vegan or, or um, not vegan related, but oil field related, which is a hot topic here in Alberta. Um, so anyways, um, I like I would more, if I have a specific, a sp specific direction or values, of course, then I would maybe, uh, I might be less likely to work with this organization if it doesn't align, if that makes sense. So, and of course, like if we bring it back to the website, we also need to bring this into consideration too, when we, when we have, when we formulate our messages, um, because that is how the heart connects, because we connect, I think 95% of everything what we do is in the subconsciousness and so we need to connect with them on a subconscious level and that's the heart. So we need to talk about what are our values and why do we believe what we believe and why do we do what we do. Um, and then, and that is when we can easily at the end sell what we want to sell or gain members when we want to do that. So long story. <laughs> no, no, for sure. You touched on something very important. We need to find a way to show subliminal messaging on the website so we can connect to the subconscious better, I guess. You <laughs> see everything I just said in like rumbling in a <laughs> you just, yeah, one sentence, that's it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. right. All right. So I, I guess the takeaway from this is that like Kirsten, what you're saying is that, um, we, uh, we like to look at like audience as segments, but we need to keep in mind that we're actually speaking to people. So the marketing and communication ultimately is happening to a person and yes. then we need to connect with their heart. We need to speak to their heart. And then that like, that aspect, the human communication, that aspect should not, should never be forgotten on our messaging. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I have a very, um, I don't know. I read the other day, the most famous elevator pitch, um, is, uh, when Steve jobs pitched, do you know that, that one? No, no. Okay. So, um, I hope I get it right. <clears throat> he, um, the most famous elevator pitch of all times was the question, and I think I have the, the book here to look it up, who, who it was that he um, challenged, but he um, he approached someone very famous, that, and the name I can't remember right now, but he said, okay, I give you like a million dollars if you come to Apple, and he said no. Um, and then he offered um, stock, um, and he said no. And then he flew over and said, do you want to join our company? And he said, no, I won't. And then he tried it one last time and he said, um, do you want to spend the rest of your life selling sugared water or do you want to change the world? And right. that was when he joined Apple. <laughs> right. So there was no talk of money, no talk of nope. like role or anything else. It's the vision connecting with the heart. 
Exactly, that's so hard. And this is what, whatever we do, whatever communication pieces or segments, whatever we think of, like, like what is it that we, in our heart, what is it that connects people? And then everything else is easy because it's just tools. Like a website is just a tool, email is just a tool, right? But very important tools, but we need to use them for, um, to get our message across. Right, right. Mm -hmm. Actually, that's a very good segue uh, to my next topic, uh, which is email communication. And um, I guess when we are talking about emails, um, we different different people look at it in different ways. And uh, we try to personalize our emails as much as possible, like as much of data that I that we have, right, uh, down to the like uh, detail. Now, uh, when we are um, structuring our email marketing or email communication with our overall like audience right so how would you approach that because once again like you said that um uh, the same message needs to be presented in different ways so it connects to the heart of that particular audience mm -hmm. but if we are limited in time and resources right we don't have the time to actually write many 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 emails for to connect with all so many hearts that we want to connect with <laughs> <laughs> so how so how where would you focus where would you start so I would start with um, with one big piece of content. So no, first I would start with a message. Um, let's say like in my previous um, example, I said safety and uh, well-being. So let's say you create um, something like a bigger piece of content around that. And because we don't have a lot of time, so we can think about how can we uh, chunk this down into different pieces. So I, rather than sending all of it in one long email, I could, would probably chunk it and say, um, what is it like, what of this part is interested, is in, more interesting for this audience? Let's say, I don't know, seniors, what is interesting and what is the same message? Um, what does it mean for, um, for youth, for example? So we have one bigger piece or one bigger topic. And then you say, depending on who you write those, this email to, um, how does this apply to this, that, or this audience? And then you just adjust it. So I would have like one, one bigger piece of message and then um, uh, additional subcontent that is more tailored toward the people that I wanna speak to. And then you can use that for your, um, for your um, social media marketing as well, because you can say one week we talk about this, this is the topic of the newsletter, and then we talk about the same things on social media. And you could also have a lead magnet where they can download something again to the same topic. And you could do this right. for the whole month. Like you could have like one topic for the whole month, or you can have like, uh, I don't know, one topic for a week, depending on like how much capacity you have and how much like you wanna send out and communicate with. I think that's brilliant. You know, like when we actually have a message that we want to like send out. So what you're saying is that we start with a core message, like maybe create an, uh, an overall email and then just like uh, create uh, alternate versions of that email for the additional segments or maybe like uh, decide like which block should be included for which audience, right? But mm -hmm. start with like one core message and then not write like three completely different emails and spend so much time doing that, but start with one and then customize small pieces for the audience. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what, how much time saves this, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And like another advantage that, that this have, because that's what, what I, what, what we focus on in our work, um, there is usually you have your organization's mission and then you have your day-to-day -day marketing. And in the day-to-day -day marketing, you think, 
what can we say today? Or what email can we write today? And you don't think, how can you connect this, right? But if you um, have your, your vision and your overarching message and you say, okay, like we, uh, this month or this quarter, for example, if you plan your marketing by, by a quarter and you say this quarter, we have um, this overarching message that we want to communicate. And then you can even say, okay, do we have specific awareness days, for example, that tie into that? And um, then you can, uh, can plan it out just bucket bucket list kind of style and when you have those bucket lists you can very easily because we talked about board members earlier um, you can very easily say okay board member um, this is what we have planned for next quarter next month do you have any information any input um, that we can communicate with that so right so mm -hmm. then we can plan ahead give um, other people in the organization um, the positive option to uh, to provide input and this then and this then helps to reduce the workload on the person that has to do it because what is the most terrifying thing coming up with content <laughs> right <laughs> so i think like if you if you plan ahead with with bigger themes or buckets and then you can uh, more easily get um, buy-in but also um, have people contribute and then it's not everything is not just on your own shoulder. Right, right. And I guess like, to be honest, uh, personalizing email communication like this uh, is not super complicated, really. Uh, mm -hmm. So it's it feels like a lot of work that oh I have to like write maybe like I have to customize this one email and create like three more versions of it for the different audiences, but uh, you are you are going to write that same content in the big email anyways if you were to send one email right so we are going to mm -hmm. spend the time anyways so what we are doing is that we are making this communication a lot more effective uh, not working harder but working smarter right we are just like being smarter and like making the emails much more impactful. Yeah, exactly. And um, so part of like what we do, for example, is like we develop um, uh, a branding spell book. <laughs> so and in the branding spell book, we, we, we start with what are those core messages? Because if you have it written down, I, I like the the like last no well, this week I had a conversation with someone they were looking into rebranding and they talked about the problem that they have with um, social media she said like social media was going awesome because we had a volunteer that was working on it and then the volunteer left and now we have nothing and um like and then sometimes and this is like the common problem that we have in the nonprofit sector where people just you know sometimes it's a volunteer or like it's contract based and then you have maybe someone that's really good and everything runs really smooth the emails go out social media is up to date and then suddenly this person left leaves and you have nothing and then you have to train a new person again and everyone brings their own personality their own voice but if you um and that's the the big advantage of when you have like your branding or your branding spell book how we call it then you can write everything down and you know these are words that we use every day. These are words that we don't want to use. Uh, these are emojis that we can use. And this is how we speak. These are typical, these are messages that we want to get across. These are images that we can use. These are resources that we can use. So if you have all this in place, and it's so much easier and the same for emails because everything else is just a continuum of um, your core and your heart, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So uh, you touched on social media. So let's talk about that a bit more. Um, so 
I guess we see this all the time that like people spend a lot of time on social media without actually having a clear goal and without really having a better understanding of uh, what are we getting from that marketing activity that we are doing, right? So uh, if you were to plan a social media campaign for uh, for a client or if you're for an organization, how would you approach it? So um, I think there's two, that there's different um, seasons in social media. So of course you, you should be there um, continuously and consistently meaning like with your content as well as with your um, design, it should look good and consistent. And um, if you plan, a, so and everything that let's say that's the foundation and the foundation goes around like your core message and what you want to bring across, like your the problems that you solve as organization, you need to talk to that. You also need to talk about like beliefs that people have because you are um, in the problem solving business and in the belief changing business. <laughs> um, so you need to talk about those things in different ways. Um, now you just ask about campaign. So if it's an awareness campaign, for example, or a capital campaign, then of course there are different stages that you need to plan. If it's an awareness campaign, um, just as an example, there was a, we did um, for Canadian mental health, there was a mel uh, mental health awareness day. So for that, we also had like those, First of all, we had those those messages, and then we were thinking about the bigger idea: how how can we get this across? And then there is like a kind of a, a pre-launch and the launch, and then um, the final day. And um, what you want to do is for all those um, different time slots, you want to create different messages and different pictures, of course. But it all needs to needs to be tied together, and then of course it all needs to be. Um, tied back to your vision because if you talk about uh, mental health, for example, as a as Canadian mental health, of course that's it's clear that you why you do this. But if I am another a different organization and I talk about mental health, then this is a perfect time to connect um, with your own values and say, okay, this is what why we do this. So not just saying um, mental health is important, but say. Um, mental health, we believe that mental health is important because, and this is why we do this. And this is how you can then build again the deeper connection. And this is what social media is all about. <laughs> right, right. So you're saying yeah. paint a picture and have a very clear story in your social media messaging. It has mm -hmm. to be a story. This is why we are doing like uh, we are doing what we are doing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. And like, okay. I know there's and so much, sorry, so much talk about like storytelling, but um, what I find people forget is it needs to connect to your vision because people need to see why the story is important. I can create like um, an awesome story, like one of our clients say lent medical equipment. So I can have, if somebody returns a wheelchair to them, then I can have a picture and say, oh, they just returned a wheelchair, this is awesome. And um, this is good, but the story, and then they could top it and then they say, um, what does it, what did this uh, wheelchair help them with? And they could say, oh, they, I could go to a wedding. Okay. This is a good story. But then you could say, our mission is to help people be, um, independent, mobile and have dignity. And then you can say, <laughs> we help them because they could go to a birthday party. If they stayed at home, they had missed like the connection with their family. Remember, so this is like from benefits and features over to purpose. 
That's amazing. That's amazing. All right. <laughs> yeah, of course, like you need to, yeah, for that, you, you, of course, need to put some work in it. But if you have your overall vision and mission and you know, okay, this is what we have to say, and then you can give that as guide to your people, your volunteers, then it's so much easier. Right. I think you touched on two very important points here. Uh, so number one, you have to have your vision and mission like very clearly laid out and communicated to the like people who are doing the marketing. Right. Uh -huh. And then also at the same time, social media cannot uh, social media posts or activity cannot happen like in a vacuum. So it has to there has to be a core campaign or core activity behind it. There has to be an event behind it. So like you said, if you want to like um, uh, run an awareness campaign, so the goal is to actually maybe uh, raise more awareness on a particular like topic that you are actually um, uh, passionate about. So that that is your core activity. And then social media is just becoming a tool for you to actually communicate that message. So the core event has to be there. You cannot communicate without the core event. Exactly. Yeah, you nailed it. <laughs> Alrighty. Good, good. Uh, now, um, now let's let's take one like one level deeper, you know, like so in social media, uh, if again, if we go back to our diverse audience, right? So mm -hmm. how much time would you spend for each bucket or maybe each umbrella? Um, well, that also depends on like, who is your most important audience? Like, who do you want to reach? Um, and then depending on that, I would say, how do I reach them best? Maybe like, for example, um, if I want to increase my, my donor base, um, I would probably put more emphasis on on email marketing rather than social media because like with with email it's still like the most like for me like I open all my emails and with social media you, you know you have no control you don't know what you see <laughs> who pops out to be up in your feet so and I think like in terms of time like identify like who is most important um, and then select the best tool for them um, and then, yeah, and then you create content and that content uh, you can uh, then use for uh, for all these other um, uh, tools that you have, like your, your social media or I don't know if you, if you have an overarching topic, you can have your podcast or like videos or whatever it is. Um, but I think this is how, how I would do it. Right. So I guess um, we shouldn't be just dividing social media across our communication buckets, but really try to understand like which buckets is social media uh, popular in right? and, and then like know that like we can reach those buckets or those audiences through this one particular tool. I think that's great. That's great. Uh -huh. Yeah, we often forget that um, the communication channel that we are using may not be a popular one for the audience that we're using it for. And then uh, you send out the message and then all you hear is crickets. You know, yes, like no one is interacting with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Um, I had in uh, one of my masterminds, I had an, um, a lawyer and she tried out last year when, when COVID started, she started with TikTok. She said like, you know what? I just did it for fun because my son said, you should be on TikTok. I said, what? I'm, I'm a lawyer. What should I do on TikTok? Uh, within like six months, she had 20,000 followers and she said, I never expected this, but this became like one, one of the, one of her main channels for the, for her marketing. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Right. Right. So, so I think, um, in terms of audience, we have to think of message and then how applies this to the, to these different audiences. I, I know like some companies, they use Instagram just for their, um, just to attract new employees. So it's very internal. So they, they share things about their culture, what they do, and maybe like a typical client would not like 
be very attracted with that. But as if your goal is to to get um, amazing new employees that want to write, then this is like it all depends on the strategy. You can do anything with it. You just need to be aware who you want to reach and then you tailor your message. Absolutely. That's amazing. That's amazing. Okay. So, uh, so Kirsten, now if I, uh, if I'm a professional association or a nonprofit and I do not have an overarching marketing and communication plan set yet, right? Where do I start? Where do you start? So, um, I would start, um, again with, with your vision, what do you want to reach and then break it down? What could a possible goal be for this year or like, where do you want to see yourself in a year from now? And then you break it down in, in quarter. So that's what we usually do. Um, and then like for each quarter, you set a milestone, like, what would it be? Like, of course it needs to be measurable somehow. If you say like, want to be the, the best, uh, I don't know, the, the most amazing uh, fundraising uh, campaign or we want to reach like $200,000 like this this year and you don't break it down, you don't have your measurable goals for the month and then it becomes really easy, um, overwhelming. So um, I would set goals that are realistic and then you can say, okay, in order to reach this, what do we have to do? Like, um, do we, you can plan your campaign, you can look at awareness days, um, you can think about strategic partnerships. So once you have your goal, um, then you can start thinking about the different um, strategies and tactics that you can apply to that. And um, so I would start with like the, the quarter milestone one, and then for, and then once you have reached that, you, you, you work towards the, the second and the third and the fourth. And uh, if you do that, you can have your, your board on board as well. And um, so what, you, what we usually do is we have like a visioning session with the board in advance so that everyone is on the same page. And then we set the goals for the year. And based on that, the communication team works on on the, the the quarters and the milestones for that. Right, that's great. Yeah. Now uh, I want to take it again, like one level deeper. Go so deeper. Say, <laughs> <laughs> so say we are planning for we have an overarching goal for the whole year, and then we are planning for the first quarter for Q1. Uh, then in order to actually execute the or like plan the communication within that one quarter, like where would you start? What would you do? So sorry, what you, you had your overarching uh, yearly plan, and then. What did you say? And then, and then now, like for we have to, we have to plan for uh, the first quarter for for Q one. Now, uh, how like how would you plan the activities, specific activities for Q one? Okay, so let's say um, you want uh, to increase more awareness. So that's a, a typical goal. Like we want to increase awareness um, for our cause. So then you first have to identify or to clarify what is it that you want to create awareness about. So you need to identify uh, specific messages and the people that you want to reach. So that could be one measurable goal that you start with in Q1. So identify who it is at really what is the message like, like messaging should be um, one of the things that you have to check off. Uh, once you have done that, the next step could be, okay, now that we know the message and we know who we want to talk to or who we want to reach, what is the best um, tool? So checking, like finding out what the best tool is, is another check mark for um, that milestone. Um, and then from, from there, you can say, okay, let's say uh, we have identified, um, I don't know, uh, like donors, for example, and we say, okay, um, we reach them best by email but we have a really small list. 
like maybe I have only a hundred people on my list and I have focused on social media right now. So then I would say, okay, like the end, the goal for quarter one is we need to um, uh, increase our list by, I don't know, let's say a thousand people. So in three months, grow the list to a thousand people. How do we do this? So then you have the goal, a thousand people for the three months. And then you think about, okay, well, how can we grow this list? So then you think about, you might need a lead magnet. What are they interested in? Maybe it's a, a specific um, series about a specific topic that they are interested in. Because I know from because I, because I, I know who my audience is and I know what they, what's in their heart, what they're interested in. So I could uh, come up, for example, with a speaker series um, with a topic that they are interested in, and they can see it with downloading it. Right. And for that, I have the email address. So this could be like, then you think about strategies on how can I grow this list? And then I would not think in terms of list, but I th would think in terms of people. How can I have, how can I communicate with a thousand people uh, by the end of three quarters, uh, three months? And then when I think about uh, those people, I, um, yeah, I have, then I, I have automatically, I connect with the person rather than with know, a list because a list is like a segment. It's kind of weird, <laughs> right? Um, so, and we all, and, and then also think about it, even if you have like sometimes quality or not sometimes quality is better than quantity. If you imagine, if you can't pitch your cause or your organization to one person, you won't be able to do it to a thousand. So that's why uh, your message is the first thing you have to nail. If you don't nail it, your list of a thousand people doesn't help you, right? Because uh, you can have 100 that are very engaged and um, that will maybe bring you to the, to the fundraising goal that you need, or you have a thousand that don't communicate with you. Like the quantity is not what's important. So. So that's, that's the next thing, like always have the, the person in mind, but this is how I would start or how we start creating like a, a marketing plan. And, um, and then we work from quarter to quarter because sometimes you, you always, you, um, you try things, some things work and others don't, and then you have to adjust. <laughs> Karsten, so I guess the structure that you shared for uh, marketing for one quarter was amazing. Do you have any material on your website that we can link to around this topic so people can learn more about this? Um, actually, I have um, I have something that I could share with you. I, I can give you the, the URL later on. Sure, um, sounds good. And we can add it to the show notes. Yeah, so I have actually, I have, I did um, a webinar the other day about like uh, goal setting and planning and how to chunk it and how to, how to plan it. And this is exactly what I have as a freebie um, for your audience if they are interested in learning about this. <laughs> that will be great. Um, yeah, I know I can talk about uh, talk about marketing and communications with you for a whole day, I guess, but we'll we'll save our audience, you know, and then like uh, we'll yeah. keep it short. Let's meet now, for a virtual uh, beer later. <laughs> yes, exactly, <Or> exactly. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> After the COVID, for sure. After you know, when the lockdowns open. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like yeah, let's meet. Let's meet virtually first, and then. <laughs> Right, right, right. Alrighty. So, um, yeah, so Kirsten, um, we are towards the end of the podcast for today. Now, what would be your key takeaway for the audience for today? So key takeaway would be start with your audience in mind um, and with your, with, with your vision. Like, what is it that they want? 
and ask yourself what value can I give them rather than how can they help me? That's amazing. How can you help first before asking for something from them? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, Kirsten, I have two other very quick questions for you. Uh, can you share a personal habit that has contributed a lot to your success? Well, I'm, um, I think the biggest shift was the, you have to be the person that can achieve all those things first, because otherwise you won't get there. So a lot of people think about, I need to have things to do this and then I can be, but actually it's the other way around. You need to work with your vision in mind from your vision and not towards your vision. So be the person that can do all those things first and work from your vision and not to your vision. Nice, nice. So build the person first who is capable of like getting to that vision, right? Be the person. Exactly. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. All right. Um, and uh, can you share a digital strategy or tool that helps you be more effective in your work? Um, so I, we, yeah, we, we try a thousand different things because we are also entrepreneurs and there's, <laughs> uh, so what I, there's always like, um, shiny objects everywhere. So things that I definitely would use is, um, uh, a tool like Monday or click up like things that where you can really plan your day because some, everything you don't plan, you don't do. And I think the biggest, um, tool that doesn't cost anything is your Google calendar. And <laughs> so I think this is something that I, um, that, that really helps me if you just have a calendar and plan in buckets again, um, have like, uh, a time, let's say like from one to two, uh, from one, uh, from, from one to three, you do, uh, content planning or from eight to 10, you do this, and then you answer emails only in a specific time so that you really have your day structured. I think this is, I think the biggest thing next to the uh, project management or um, task organizer. <laughs> no, I think that's brilliant once again, uh, Kirsten, because um, I, I find that like a lot of us spend our whole day distracted. We we are like texting, we are checking emails, we are checking emails like every five minutes, you know, and then like, we're checking Slack messages, like, like you know, like, there's like a ding, ding, you know, there's like notification from everywhere, right? And then how do you actually maintain focus on the thing that is most important to you? And I guess what you're saying is that like in our day-to-day -day work, we need to make sure that we are structuring our, planning our day really well, that this like block of time is dedicated to this one thing and during that time, I am not going to check my emails, my phone will be on, on do not disturb, and then I'm not going to check any Slack messages, right? Exactly. <laughs> nice, nice. I'm Already. working on it. I'm not You're a pro, on... but I'm working on it. It's a work in progress. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So I use something called the Pomodoro technique. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. Uh, so, no, I, I don't know. Tell me more about it. <laughs> yeah. So the Pomodoro technique, what we do, uh, what I do with that is like we, I set aside like a block of time, so 45 minutes that during this 45 minutes, I'm, I, I set a timer for 45 minutes and during that 45 minutes, I'm just mm. going to work on one task. You know, so and no matter what happens, if the world falls apart, you know, I'm not going to like move my focus from that one task. When the 45 minutes, uh, when it runs out, I, I finish that, I maybe like get up, uh, like uh, have a tea or coffee or take an actual break for 15 minutes and check email or do whatever I want. And then after that 15, 20 minutes of break, I set another 45 minute timer for the next task. 
um, what I find is that the world can always wait for 45 minutes, you know, like in that 45 minutes, like nothing will go wrong. No one, you know, nothing will blow up. So yeah, yeah my emails can wait. Perfect. I love that. I need to try that. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Sure. Alrighty. Uh, Kirsten, so, uh, where can people reach you if they have more questions? Well, they can email me Kirsten at, um, non, uh, dash profit, no, non dash profit dot today. <laughs> um, I'm also on LinkedIn and I am on uh, Instagram and I can share the handles, uh, with you as well. <laughs> Sure, that will be great. And you actually have a very interesting domain name as well. This is the first domain that I uh, saw with her dot .today domain. <laughs> yeah, so we are very into that, the, um, the new um, domain names. There's so many options, marketing, branding. <laughs> yeah. I want to ask you one last question before we wrap up. So uh, with that domain, when, you, when, you, when your domain name ends with .today, do you find that like people often might think that it's a typo because there is no .com or anything? Uh, it's possible. Yes, it's possible. But um, I think people need to get used to it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> be the change you want to happen in the world. Right? Exactly. Otherwise, we would still be um, on horses and carriages. <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally. That's right. Yeah. It's time for us to change our domain as well. Exactly. <laughs> All right, Kirsten, thank you so much for your time today. It was great chatting with you. Awesome. Likewise. Thank you very much for having me. That was the episode with Kirsten today. I'm usually the first one to learn on our podcast episodes, and there were a lot of golden nuggets in this episode. If you want to learn more about Kirsten's work, please reach out to her or go to their website. And if you want to grow the membership of your professional association, do take a look at the workshops on our website at gripe.ca slash workshops. That is G-R-Y-P-E dot C-A slash workshops. All right then, I look forward to speaking to you in one of our future episodes. Bye for now.